0: My name is Mike Stark. And I am Richard Waggoner. We're back. Do exactly as we say, no one gets hurt. Okay, here we go. Another edition of Radio Waves. My name is Mike Stark. And Richard Waggoner. We're discussing the, the December 2nd column and the retirement Of a guy that I honestly don't listen to much anymore, but I used to listen to him a lot in the early days of computers. Uh, Leo Laporte.
1: He's leaving us.
0: Yeah, he's been on KFI since when?
1: I can't remember, but I do remember a period, which I can't even remember the date of this, but remember when he was going to be leaving or they thought they were pushing him out and they worked out some deal so he could stay?
0: I don't remember that, but I do remember that he's always been a popular show on that station. And back in the early days of computers, he was the guy you went to.
1: Yep, yep. He's he's good at actually coming up with a real solution to tech problems. And if he didn't know, he'd put it on the chat. Someone from the chat would come up and he'd bring it up later. He'd have people call in later. He'd have people text later. I mean, he's, he's... He's the tech guy. So yeah,
0: he really, really is one of the best. And I don't know if he had a broadcast background, but he was very good on the radio too. as a As a personality, he was good handling a radio show.
1: Well, he was uh, celebrating. This is this blows me away because I thought he was younger than me. Uh, he was retiring after nearly fifty years on the radio. Wow. Nineteen being the tech guy
0: there's none better and uh he's going to be missed but he's being replaced right
1: yeah uh rich de from i hope i'm saying that right from ktla morning news he's apparently been on the show or some other show like it sometime I, I really don't remember but he does a segment on the ktla morning news and he's kind of the heir apparent for the tech guy they're going to call it uh rich on tech which is his podcast
0: and uh he's going to take up the slot that leo's Sat in for years and years, 11 to 2 on Saturdays and Sundays. Right. Perfect time for a tech show, if you ask me. You know, that's when people are home and, and dinking around with their computer. Have they said what he's going to be doing?
1: Uh, my understanding is he's truly going to basically retire, but he still plans on doing some podcasting things, I believe.
0: Ah, there you go. Well, we, we love that, of course. The next part of your columns entitled Farm Radio. Yes. But it's it's a little deeper uh, subject than that. And uh, it, 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 it sparked from a speech made at the uh, National Association of Farm Broadcasting, right?
1: Yes. Which I have to admit, I've never heard of. But <laughs> it is interesting. Um, one of the FCC commissioners, Nathan Symington, uh, actually spoke in favor of trying to do things to help AM radio, broadcasting in general, but AM in particular. And I thought, wow, how refreshing. Someone from the FCC actually supporting radio. What a concept.
0: What I love about what you wrote is that you do a laundry list of all of the things the FCC has done to hurt radio over the years. Can you give us a a quick rundown of that list?
1: Well, a lot of it is just, you know, their policies and procedures that they kind of encouraged. Lifting the ownership cap, which has Mm. been, it's it's just been terrible for radio. It's been a a disaster. And you just see it over and over, the effects of a few companies owning stations and running them as if they were nothing more than hedge fund groups or something. Right, right. Um, you had the AM stereo debacle, which was, you know, let's let's select a standard which was actually con- considered by many to be the inferior standard for whatever reason. I don't even know the details of that. And then backing up and saying, well, no, let's instead let the marketplace choose. And by the time all is said and done, it doesn't really matter because no one's listening anymore. So who cares? And then they bring out HD radio, but they don't require any radios to really have it, so it doesn't catch on as fast as they want. Um, saving AM by putting them on FM, low-power transmitters, I mean, that that's hurting FM. It's not saving AM at all. Um, it's, just, it's bizarre. The list goes on and on. I still think, and I know that a lot of programmers would disagree with me on this, but I think dropping the requirement for news and public affairs has actually hurt radio because it's no longer the place you go for information and it needs to be any disaster you'd go to there.
0: Yeah. I think, I think a strong argument could be made that now that we have, uh, our handheld news devices, we can, we can get news fairly quickly via the internet, but you know, an argument could be made for what you're saying. If, if, if suddenly there's no internet, for instance, and all of
1: that, um, with internet is if you look at most of the stories you read they all source back to one or two things and you're not going to get the local stuff that a lot True. of times happens so i just think that you aren't giving people a reason to tune in if nothing else
0: so he wants to uh, expand am radio and make sure that cars still have radio uh, am radios I, that if, may be a losing battle there well, um, at
1: least he's talking about it and encouraging it but right i think i would love to have someone who's an expert on this come on maybe maybe dave Beasing knows someone that we can we can get there his, you go but i always thought that any device that interferes with radio reception was basically illegal and the manufacturer had to do something to mitigate That action. And that really hasn't been enforced. That's another problem that the FCC has done in not enforcing that. So you have all these cheap power supplies for little electronics, you have your cable Mm -hmm. boxes, you have your computers themselves, so many of which affect radio in general and AM in particular. And electric cars are kind of the worst offenders. So I'm kind of wondering if. If you have an electric car and it's interfering with the radio in your own electric car, wouldn't it also be affecting the reception of the car next to you? And in doing so, would make the car illegal? I just, I'd like clarification on that, because unless the laws change, that's what I always understood to be the law going back into, you know, when I was first born.
0: I don't know. I don't know. Well, maybe we can get an answer on that. All right. Well, the last part of your column, which I think will run through the end of the year, maybe into next year, is <laughs> you have more Christmas music and yes. where you can find it.
1: Yes. Well, this is actually an interesting case because um, Fred Trevelina was a um, kind of an impressionist uh, comedian. He was great, yeah and uh he did a christmas album a while back he wrote it himself performed it himself and i think might have uh re- you know recorded it in his own studios i'm not really sure but it's a fully produced cd um and it's called the manhattan christmas suite and his wife lois fred died a few years ago and his wife lois has been trying to get it onto stations across the country for a long time and some say yeah we'll put it on and she never hears it some i remember last year some local station said yeah that's interesting uh, but we already have our playlist set for christmas and i'm thinking really so they overly research christmas <laughs> too yeah. so i consulted with with uh, someone who um i'll i'll let his name remain uh, nameless because he's i don't know if he wants me to mention that he knows everything um although it could be tape easing um Yeah, he mentioned that, hey, if you're you're not appealing to Gen X, if you're not one of the big famous ones or a Mariah Carey, who I guess is also famous, but if you're not the old time Bing Crosby uh, or a newer one like Mariah Carey, um, you're not known by Gen X and it's not going to be played. So it it almost doesn't matter how good it is. You will never hear different (laughs) Christmas music than what you hear today.
0: (laughs) That is so depressing to me. It is. Because I go out of my way to try to find new Christmas music, newly produced, newly written Christmas music. And and sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not. But at least it's different than, like you said, the same old, same old.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There are songs, even from the past, that were quite good that never get played because they're not on the approved list. Um, an example of that would be Fred Waring and the Pennsylvanians. Mm. Uh, he had a, a nice couple discs that went along, or they, at the time they were probably tapes. Um, that were I grew up with those because my dad liked them. Uh, right. Kind of a uh, kind of a choral type of of song, and uh, you just you wouldn't hear that on the radio.
0: No, of course not.
1: There of course someone. not. It
0: doesn't have a good beat. You can't dance to it. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> That's right.
0: Okay. Well, that. I think that wraps up your column. Anything else going on?
1: Uh, Something that I will probably put in the column next week, but we can talk about it now, was a trade that was done by Beasley and Odyssey in um, Las Vegas.
0: Oh, yeah. You uh, sent me an angry text about this.
1: I just it blows me away what's basically happening from what we can tell this is inside music media's uh, uh break well from what we can tell is happening uh beasley took on an odyssey fm and odyssey took on a beasley am which actually was a well-produced am station a local news talk and things like that and beasley got an fm out of it and obviously odyssey got an am well why does odyssey want the am apparently so they can sell the land that the transmitter's on and i'm thinking oh do you need more proof that these big companies don't give a damn about AM, that they really don't give a sh- darn <laughs> about about making it viable? Here they are taking a, a viable money-making station and basically killing it. They're going to go probably go with syndicated programming like they always do because they're cheap bastards. And, um, and they're going to sell the land, so the signal's going to suck.
0: And Odyssey... Recently moved KNX to FM. Yeah, and stopped talking about the AM.
1: Don't even mention that there's an AM.
0: So what does that mean uh, in terms of this story?
1: Well, it probably means that eventually they're going to try to sell all of their AM properties. I don't know if they can in the case of KNX because I don't know who owns that property because it is. Oh, a, okay. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that's how they plan to stay. Viable financially a little bit longer to start selling off land.
0: Well, stay tuned. Richard is on top of this and we'll be on top of this. I think that wraps it. We'll take a break, we'll take a breath here and uh, be back next week for another edition of Radio Waves.